0: This week on Hometown Ghost Stories New York City, often celebrated for its vibrant energy and towering skyscrapers, harbors a hidden, eerie side. Amidst the bustling streets and glittering lights, there lies a haunting underbelly of tales and legends that shroud the city in an aura of spookiness. One such eerie landmark is the House of Death. This foreboding structure with its ominous history and reported paranormal activity, may perhaps be one of the most haunted locations in all of New York.
1: Hometown Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised.
2: As the clock struck midnight and the moon cast eerie shadows... Through the lace curtains of her dimly lit bedroom, Jan sat alone at her antique writing desk. The flickering candlelight danced upon the pages of her leather-bound diary, casting long, wavering shadows on the walls. It was a night like any other, or so she thought. Jan found solace in the written word. Her diary had been her confidant for years, absorbing her deepest fears, joys, and secrets. Tonight, however, her trembling hand held the pen with a sense of foreboding as she began to write. Her eyes caught a glimpse of something peculiar in the corner of her room, a shadow that did not belong to her nor any piece of furniture. It was a shapeless silhouette, darker than the night itself, lurking in the farthest reaches of the room. Jan's heart quickened, her breath becoming shallow as she tried to dismiss the ominous presence. She reasoned with herself, attributing it to a trick of the flickering candle. Yet, the shadow seemed to inch closer, creeping ever so slowly. With trembling hands, Jan continued to write in her diary, attempting to regain her composure. The pen scratched against the paper, but her words began to falter. She couldn't shake the feeling that she was being watched. Minutes felt like hours as the shadow moved closer, always just at the edge of her peripheral vision. Jan's diary entries became erratic filled with half-formed sentences and incoherent ramblings as fear consumed her. Finally, unable to bear it any longer, Jan glanced at the ornate mirror on the wall opposite her desk. In its reflection, she saw the shadow, now distinct and ominous. Its form was vaguely human, but its features were distorted and malevolent like a dark, swirling void. Paralyzed by terror, Jan could do nothing but stare at the mirror. The shadow ghost approached her slowly, gliding silently across the room until it stood directly behind her. She could feel its presence, icy and oppressive, sending shivers down her spine. With a trembling voice, she whispered, Who are you? What do you want? The shadow ghost remained silent, its presence suffocating. It raised its dark, formless arms and placed its icy hands on Jan's shoulders. She gasped as the freezing touch sent shockwaves of dread through her body. In the mirror, Jan saw the ghost's hollow eyes fixated on her, as if peering into her very soul. It leaned closer, its cold breath chilling her neck. She could feel the weight of its malevolence, a presence from beyond the grave. Jan's screams were stifled as the shadow ghost tightened its grip on her shoulders. She could see her own terrified reflection in the mirror, a witness to the horrifying encounter. Desperation overwhelmed her as she realized there was no escape. I'm Shelby Scott from the Scary to Sleep Podcast, and this is Hometown Ghost Stories: New York, New York.
1: In the heart of New York City's Greenwich Village, amid the quaint brownstones and tree-lined streets, stands a building with a history as dark as it is intriguing. Known to locals and enthusiasts of the paranormal as the House of Death, this seemingly unassuming townhouse at 14 West 10th Street conceals a chilling past that has left its mark on generations. Built in the 1850s, This historic brownstone exudes an old world charm that masks its sinister reputation. Over the years, it has worn many faces a family residence, an apartment building, and even a haven for writers. Yet it's the tales of tragedy and death, I believe 22 of them inside the building, that have woven a shroud of intrigue around this otherwise unremarkable building. The home, being built right before the Civil War, was known for housing socialites and upper-class members of society in its early days. The year 1900, though, would bring perhaps the building's most famous resident. So famous, in fact, there's even a plaque outside still honoring his time spent there. Mark Twain, born Samuel Clemens, moved into the building with money troubles in 1900 and would stay only a year. A known paranormal skeptic, Twain would have several paranormal experiences of his own in the house, with one standing out in particular. Twain wrote that one evening, he watched as a large piece of wood floated in the air by itself. His thoughts turned to believing a rat was moving the piece of wood. He rushed over and grabbed his gun, shooting at the floating wood, which sent the lumber crashing to the ground. He walked over to the wood, where he found a few drops of blood, but there was nothing else on the ground next to the lumber. He searched around the house, where he found no further traces of blood and no dead or injured rat. He would maintain that he believed it was not paranormal, but simply a rodent. Twain would move out of the house and later pass away in Connecticut in 1910. It appears, though, that his spirit still spends some time within the house of death. After Twain moved out, there began to be more and more reports of the property being haunted. In 1937, an encounter with Twain himself would be recorded. A widowed mother and her daughter were living in the building. The mother walked into the living room one evening and was shocked to see a man sitting in a chair looking out the window she described him as an older man with white wild like hair she yelled out to the man who are you and what are you doing here the man responded my name is clemens and i have a problem here that i've got to settle a few moments later the man disappeared this wasn't the only time twain's ghost was seen on the premises He's also been seen walking up and down the staircase. Other hauntings reported from the time are that of a little girl, a ghost cat, a ghostly woman with a long flowing dress, and the sounds of a baby crying, amongst many others. Shortly after the reported appearance of the ghost of Mark Twain, the house would be converted into an apartment building with 10 units. Jan Bryant Bartell was a stage actress who moved into 16 West 10th Street with her family in the 1950s. Within those walls, she would become terrified by seeing and experiencing glimpses of the paranormal. Convinced it was the building, she jumped at the chance to move next door when an apartment opened up at 14 West 10th Street. This would prove to be a mistake. The encounters would continue from the first day in the apartment. They started relatively small in the new place. Footsteps walking up the staircase, a brush against the back of her neck, and the smell of something rotting. Things would pick up shortly after these occurrences, though. Their dog would constantly bark and growl at a singular chair frequently that was in the living room. The family had exhausted all of their funds at the time and were unable to move. They were stuck in this haunted place, and it only got worse. One of the more unsettling occurrences were the smells. Over time, they would become more frequent. At certain times, it was a random perfume. But more often than not, it was the smell of rotting fruit. In one particular instance... The kitchen table was set with dinner plates. As the family walked in the room, they noticed the smell of rotten fruit. As they looked around, one of the dinner plates had a rotten, shriveled grape in the dead center of it. The family was flabbergasted. They had no clue where it had come from, and they hadn't bought grapes in months. After this instance, Jan would have an encounter with one of the spirits a dark shadow figure that resembled a man appeared by instinct she reached out to touch it and she described touching the shadow as so quote what was it i touched a substance without substance chilly damp diaphanous as marsh mist or a cloud of ether i could feel my fingers freeze at the tips they were numb and yet they tingled in the split second between contact and recoil the scent came fragile and languorous and sweet unbearably cloyingly sweet end quote. "during one session a medium informed the family that three things were buried under this house a little girl with blonde hair and blue eyes roughly between the ages of 5 to 7 a gray cat, and an aborted fetus. The medium tried to cleanse the home by demanding the spirits leave. But during this, a voice shot back, they will have to go. This is my home. I will never leave. The Bartels didn't feel safe after this and scraped enough together to leave the house. Jan was never the same, and felt the home had infected her for the rest of her life. She wrote the book, Spindrift, Spray from a Psychic Sea, a number of years later. Sadly, she would pass away under mysterious circumstances before the book was published. A number of years later, a human monster would move into the house. Joel Steinberg and his girlfriend Hedda Nussbaum lived in an apartment at 14 10th west street with their two illegally adopted children lisa and mitchell who was just a toddler in early november of 1987 joel was getting ready for a dinner with friends six-year-old lisa would ask if she could go this enraged a crack cocaine infused joel and he hit her in the head she would die days later from the injury after Hedda waited 10 hours to call for help. Joel would only be charged with manslaughter and would serve just 15 years of a 25-year sentence. Joel, to this day, has never shown any remorse for killing Lisa. In October of 2012, the New York Post would publish an article from Tim Donnelly on the history and current status of the hauntings in the building. He interviewed a tenant of 16 West 10th Street by the name of Dennis, who is a musician and photographer who gave an update on the hauntings of the area. In his words, he's seen little clips or visions of women in long gowns going from room to room and the walls don't stop them from moving. At one point, he had a dancer there for a photo shoot who also saw one of the women in the long flowing dresses followed by a ghostly cat the dancer picked up her belongings and quickly left the apartment and he claims that others have also done the same 14 and 16 aren't the only houses on the street that are believed to be haunted at house number 18 emma lazarus who wrote the poem The New Colossus, which is on the pedestal of the Statue of Liberty, is known to haunt her former residence. And at 17 West 10th Street is Edgar Allan Poe's last known residence in New York, and is where he had a marriage proposal rejected. It's believed he still haunts that home as well. The House of Death in New York City stands as a chilling testament to the enduring fascination with the supernatural. Its shadowy past and reported ghostly inhabitants continue to captivate the imagination of those who dare to explore its history. This enigmatic landmark remains a haunting reminder of the enduring mysteries that can be found amidst the bustling streets of the city that never sleeps. The following is a snippet from a Mark Twain short story simply titled A Ghost Story.
2: I slept profoundly, but how long I do not know. All at once I found myself awake, and filled with a shuddering expectancy. All was still. All but my own heart. I could hear it beat. Presently the bedclothes began to slip away, slowly toward the foot of the bed, as if someone were pulling them I could not stir, I could not speak. Still, the blankets slipped deliberately away till my breast was uncovered. Then, with a great effort, I seized them and drew them over my head. I waited, listened, waited. Once more, that steady pull began, and once more I lay torpid a century of dragging seconds till my breast was naked again. At last, I roused my energies and snatched the covers back to their place and held them with a strong grip. I waited. By and by, I felt a faint tug and took a fresh grip. The tug strengthened to a steady strain. It grew stronger and stronger. My hold parted, and for the third time, the blankets slid away. I groaned. An answering groan came from the foot of the bed beaded drops of sweat stood upon my forehead i was more dead than alive presently i heard a heavy footstep in my room the step of an elephant it seemed to me it was not like anything human but it was moving from me there was relief in that i heard it approach the door pass out without moving bolts or lock and wander away Among the dismal corridors, straining the floors and joists till they creaked again as it passed, and then silence reigned once more.
0: ladies and gentlemen welcome to hometown ghost stories episode number 98 i am jesse wilkins i'm joined by rob coakley hello rob if you're gonna live in this area of new york
1: you better be able to read because the ghost of mark twain and edgar Allan poe being like
0: next door to each other is is an absolutely bonkers situation that's a uh, next level next level reading stuff we're also joined by dave welcome in dave what's going on thanks for having me Oh, thanks.
1: You're part thanks of the for, show. What do you mean, <laughs> thanks for having you? You're
0: not I'm just a, so I'm gracious like... every time. <laughs> so, episode 98, we're here. And uh, as you could tell, there was not one, but two voices in that opening part of the show. So, I would like to welcome in our special guest for the evening, ladies and gentlemen, Shelby Scott.
3: Hi. Thanks for having me. Thank you for, for joining and us. And I'm not part of the show, so I can say that. So. yes
0: <laughs> yeah
1: dave just if you're what you need to learn about this show is you just ignore whatever dave says He's the come permanent
3: on. special guest yes <laughs>
0: from the scary to sleep podcast on bloody fm part of bloody disgusting and they they knew who you were right away
3: i you saw that <laughs> that was really exciting i was like oh my god i'm the lady with the voice hey <laughs>
1: And now we get to put a face to that voice and you get to talk to us about some of the incredible hauntings of one place in New York city. It's, we were talking a little bit before the show where I like to usually get the smaller towns, like towns you've never heard of, or towns that are just like very low in the population. I don't really hit the cities as much, but I'm covering this New York city one because even though it's in New York city, all of these hauntings are in one place. It almost feels like its own little, I mean, it's Greenwich village, but it's just its own little haunted area of the city. And it it just lured me in more so than anything else.
3: Yeah, I can see why. Oh, thank you. Thank you everyone. I can see the chat. (laughs) Thank you. What a warm welcome. (laughs)
1: Uh, but before we dive into the hauntings at this place, I kind of want to hit a few other places that Dave had pulled up beforehand.
0: There's there's a bunch of, I mean, this New York city. There's, there's a ton of haunted locations in this city. And I got a couple of them here, but first I wanted to mention in chat, Chris from haunted American history said that he had found a haunted sub shop one night, basically sort of, or it Mm could have been. He found it one night around three in the morning and got a sandwich there and said it was the best sandwich he ever had, but never saw the place again after that. So <laughs> <laughs> might have to do a little more investigating for that to be considered an actual haunted place. But uh, one imagine of the other- it.
1: Imagine if he wandered into 14 West 10th Street and they just served him a sub like the ghost of the building just served him this sandwich.
0: Right. He's oh, he's euro. correcting me. He's yeah. correcting me right now. Okay, you, you said it good. I wasn't gonna say it because Jesse's <laughs> wife is Greek, and if I mispronounced it, she was gonna give me shit.
3: I don't know me. if I pronounced it right. This whole <laughs> boy said it, but could be wrong.
0: Yeah. Every let's go around the table. How do you pronounce it?
3: I said Gyros. euros.
0: Rob, oh, we know familiar. you're not gonna get it right. So <laughs> you just skip right over that. I'm uh, not even gonna fall for this. So you're you're closest with euro, but Euro. In, in Greek, okay. you pronounce the R with like kind of like a D. So, oh,
3: Okay. And then um, every
0: every Greek listener is going to chime in and say, oh, I also got it wrong. But
1: I yes. think I'm
3: the closest,
0: so we'll run with that.
1: <laughs> Shelby, I do have one bone to pick with you before we get into these hot things.
3: Oh, what did I do? Do we have beef uh, already?
1: We do. <laughs> you did pronounce one word incorrectly in this. And it's it's not bed clo- bedclothes.
0: It's bedcloths. <laughs> you stole so you it know. from me. I was going to make that joke. <laughs> That's an inside story. joke. Okay, I was that's like, a, "That's just a more of Rob getting everything wrong joke."
1: Yeah, it is bedcloths, so just so you know, for the future, if I ever send you, you a story,
3: bed before.
0: Well, that's what it is. So yes, no matter how you pronounce it, did you know, bedclothes were a thing. Yeah. So. You you- have- no, no, no. I, th- I think it's bed sheets, isn't
3: it? Bed sheets, yeah.
0: Yeah, bed clothes. I would think of like clothes that you would wear to bed. But it's Maybe bed was, sheets. It wouldn't be bed cloths. but yeah, we, we looked it up on a side content episode. Turns out it was a thing. So,
1: yeah. anyways, all right, Dave. Why don't you dive into some of these hauntings that you have pulled up?
0: So I got two locations that are very haunted in the city of New York, and the first one is called Brittany Hall, NYU, which is a, it's a it's a NYU dorm. Brittany Hall, I, th- I think I went to high school with somebody named Brittany Hall, but uh b- beside the point. I like think we all did. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one of New York City's most haunted places is actually an old hotel turned NYU dorm. Legend has it, an eight-year-old girl named Molly fell down an elevator shaft in 1929 and has been roaming the dorms ever since. People have seen antiquated chairs blocking doors, ghost faces, and and heard mysterious knocking. One building manager recommends saying... Don't play with me, Molly. If you see her, and everything will be fine. So I thought that was pretty creepy. It's one of those So be mean to the ghost is don't how you get the ghost me, to yeah. Yeah. Don't play with me, Molly. Yeah. Want
3: to be mean to a little girl? She's dead and haunting the halls of this dorm room forever.
0: Yeah. Uh, you, so your first instinct is that you don't want to be mean to the little girl ghost, but what we what we know from what our chat will tell us is that every day, Child ghost is actually a demon trying to trick you. So yeah,
3: oh.
1: you
0: say
3: okay. I still Stay away.
0: That. Yeah, I still believe <laughs> that there are
1: children ghosts. I don't believe that every child ghost is a demon. That's well, just the running theory. We
3: don't
0: I make
1: just the feel rules. Feel
3: like children would be the most confused after death and be like, "I'm still here, right? Like, where do I don't need to go to that yeah. light?"
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that definitely seems to be the case too. When you always the child ghosts, they always seem to want to play and never seem to really know that they're ghosts so it is sad but yeah it seems like in more cases it's when a death is very sudden so if it's you know an accident or some sort of a homicide or something like that then that's when the spirit seems to not realize that it is dead not even just with child ghosts but with all ghosts in general Mm -hmm. this seems to be one of the main uh main driving factors to them end up haunting because they don't realize that it's all over i think Mm -hmm. when when someone knows that they're dying and they're sick or they you know have been prepped on what What's going to happen when they die, which I don't really know how you prep somebody on that, but when they know what's coming, then it's mm. less likely going to be haunting. But, you know, I've been when, prepping Dave for death for about 20, 20 years now. I but 99 episodes at least, right? <laughs> <laughs> the so other. How... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to hop go with in with one, but yeah, there's another one. A... You're not about to cover the Tweed courthouse, are you? I was not going to cover the Tweed courthouse. All right, well, I'll cover the Tweed for you. So this was uh, William Boss Tweed. Left tales of terror across the city, but ironically, it's the, I can't pronounce that word, the courthouse where he was sentenced for his crimes that his spirit is um, is now haunting. He was sentenced in 1873 and died five years later in prison. He's been spotted in the courtroom where he was sentenced. And in one instance, the night watchman became so frightened by noises and ghostly figures in the corridors that they refused to enter the building. So that's on uh, 52 Chambers Street, New York, New York.
3: His Tweed ghost would courthouse. scare me. He was
0: a scary guy. Super. Mm. I'm going to have to look into him because I actually have no idea who it is. All I know is uh, he has a ghost. Yeah,
3: he's a really exactly cool fascinating us. historical figure and he's very scary. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> William Boss Tweed.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, scary enough that the Night Watchman refused to do his job. And
3: exactly. Yeah. Well,
1: you have one job. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I would assume that they don't prep you for the paranormal for that job, though. I think you're kind of allowed to to pump the brakes if it's if it's
0: a paranormal situation. You're not allowed to pump the brakes and not get fired when you're the night watchman, right? Yeah, well, he watched the paranormal activity happen, and he decided not to go pursue it. So theoretically, he did his job. No, he yeah. didn't. He did the opposite of his job because he left and refused to go back. He's fired. <laughs> Sounds like he quit. But yep. <laughs> yeah, that's true good point it is it is what it is
1: leave that up to the
3: unemployment offices (laughs) they'll figure it out
1: (laughs) and the word you couldn't pronounce jesse is
0: bedcloth so oh correct yeah sorry the the bedcloth courthouse (laughs) 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 so So Uh, i think this is this next location is our first ever haunted pool correct me if i'm wrong no incorrect are you you talking oh unless you're talking about alton Right? And we had Fox Unless Hall we're Farm. talking about the other haunted pool that we. Well, that was covered. a ghost. Yeah. Okay, I guess. I mean, that was a Fox ghost Hollow, in the pool. Fox Hollow Farm had one. Uh, San Antonio had one. Oh, that's right. San Antonio did have mm-hmm. one. I got video on my phone. So this is like our ninth, but continue. So if you don't count all the other ones, this is the first <laughs> ever haunted pool we've covered on this episode. Up and next on called... Hometown Pool Stories. <laughs> oh, there's a motorcycle in my front yard. House, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, this is McCarran Park Pool on Lorimer Street, and it's allegedly haunted by the ghost of another little girl. So, this pool opened in 1936, and then in 1979, the city approved a $100 million. I've read that weird. They approved. They were Well, no, sort of. I'll finish the sentence. <laughs> they approved $100 million to restore all nine of New York City's pools so they'd be ready for the 50th anniversary celebration in 1986. They closed the pool in 1983 to begin the repairs, but then the community stepped in and they put up a blockade of residents. And they protested fixing the pool, citing the petty crimes and undesirables that it would attract if they went through with it. So instead, it never opened. It sits alone, just this hulking, decaying mass with razor wire fencing surrounding the entire pool and graffiti on every wall. And now it's become a local hangout for drug drug abusers and homeless people. So They, okay, they I, did a good job keeping the
1: undesirables
0: out, it sounds like. Yeah, it sounds like it did exactly <laughs> the opposite of what they wanted it to do. So now um, while- yeah. I would have protested just before you move on from this. I would have protested as well, not because it would have kept any undesirables out of the pool. <laughs> what kind of people swim in New York pools? Anyways, all that aside, a hundred million dollars for nine pools. Yeah, the yeah, uh, state, $100 local government dollars for nine pools. We're in the wrong business, boys. We are going to become hometown <laughs> pool stories, hometown pool stories. <laughs> So while there's no public records of deaths at McCarran Park Pool, people still have claimed to see the ghost of a little girl roaming the area at night and have heard her calling for help. Since the mid-1980s, numbers of homeless people have also died of various causes while taking refuge in the pool area. Paranormal Investigation of New York City investigated the pool perimeter and picked up odd EMF readings and cold spots that would drop more than 50 degrees Wow. Orbs were the only thing that showed up on film. EVP recordings were impossible due to the heavy traffic noise. So we've investigated haunted locations before, and we've felt cold spots, but it's usually just by a couple of degrees. I think 10 degrees is the biggest temperature drop that we had measured, and that was at Bathsheba Sherman's gravesite. But 50 degrees leaves no room for interpretation. That is a drastic drop in temperature what the heck could cause that yeah especially outside where there's no temperature control
3: hmm. it would be like diving into a cold pool that's what it would feel like
0: good call it's yeah it's even <laughs> colder than that though because like yeah on, on like a 90 degree day if the water's like 70 degrees you're like oh that's chilly water like yeah it's, yeah it's, it's like an ice bath that is a dramatic drop in temperature so yeah it's wild Mm, That is a definitely an interesting one.
1: Uh, Shelby, how many haunted pools are there in California? I know there's one on
3: the Queen Mary. um, Yep. Oh, that's the other
1: one we covered. Dave, we've covered a haunted pool in like every episode.
3: (laughs) Every episode.
1: (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's talk about this house, the house of death. And it is like I said, quite an interesting house. This house dates back to the 1850s. New York City, you would think it would have like better record keeping system. We still don't know the exact date that this house was built. We know yeah. it was like yeah, like pre they know it's like 1850s. I couldn't find anything about when it was actually built. They said just before the Civil War, but it it began as like a high society house the the guy that built the underground railroad in New York City, his wife lived in this house in the beginning and then it just kind of trickled through the hands of socialites through Do you the next the guy the the b-
0: who built the subway. Correct. Okay. They oh, I
1: it, thought you like, meant
3: the under-
0: Yeah, I was like wait, the, I know, the so railroad you know, isn't a physical <laughs> piece of infrastructure. <laughs>
3: Well, when
1: I was reading the story, I thought that too. And I got really confused and I had to dive into it. But I guess they actually called it the Underground Railroad at the time. So, I mean,
3: yeah, that's what I, it is, I guess. But
1: <laughs> I should have specified, I suppose. Uh, um, so it starts with them as the socialites. And it sounds like it got a haunted reputation almost right away because there were some some rumors of it being haunted before Mark Twain moved in. And then Mark Twain moves in in 1900. I guess he was down on his luck a little bit. He didn't have... He was having some financial troubles when he moved into this house. But he was a very big known ghost skeptic. Like, he was not into the paranormal at all. And actually, if you... That that snippet of the short story that Shelby read at the end of this episode, I found that snippet, like, really, like, scary and intriguing. But if you read that whole story it's actually a farce. Like he's actually making fun of ghost stories in this. And he's specifically making fun of a a thing that happened in New York where somebody had claimed to find this 10 foot fossilized human. And, (laughs) and he was the ghost of that fossilized human that they found. And it was this whole thing. So the whole, so his ghost story is actually just this giant, like knock on ghost stories. But that one part, was scary. But the point I'm bringing up on that is he was a skeptic. He did not believe in the paranormal and he has one of the scariest ghost stories there is right. Like he's sitting there and a piece of wood starts floating in front of him and his brain trying to understand what it is goes to it being a rat.
3: Yeah. Yeah. How did he think it was a rat, like in any way? (laughs) I I don't understand. Did he mistake
0: the piece of wood for a rat, or did he think the rat was carrying or dragging the piece of wood?
1: He thought the rat was lifting the wood in the air. And it it was was supposed
0: to be a mighty mouse. (laughs) (laughs) You guys haven't seen the rats in New York yet, clearly. Well, that is true. I have seen that the
1: rats in New York they carry pizza, prepare their own pizza. They trained uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the Art of Karate. Oh, good call. So, so there is a lot of stuff going on with the Rats of New York, but in this, but in the 1900s, I don't think they were on
0: whatever New York City steroids they were on. In fairness, (laughs) he shot at it, right? He did, yeah. Which reminds me, of the Summerwind Mansion story, where this guy saw a ghost and he shot it. What? 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 He saw. There was also blood on the floor maybe it was a rat maybe it was a giant rat bench just working out doing some crossfit because it's new york (laughs) and got shot blood on the floor something blood there let's 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 break that down
1: though
0: he shot at a rat hear me circus rat he's working on juggling pieces of wood
3: oh that's why it was floating because it was
0: got shot yeah and now it's all over then that's why you don't have a that's why you don't have circus rats now (laughs)
1: Is his the last other one. <laughs> trick
0: that he can survive a shot from a from a gun? Thanks a lot, I don't Mark think... Twain. He probably crawled off in agony and died a horrible death, and now died he's putting <laughs> It's a ghost rat.
1: It was only like two drops of blood. There's no way it only left like two drops
0: of blood if he actually shot a rat. Mm. Unless he missed and just blew off one of his rat toes. Could have been a rat toe or a rat ear. One of the mm. two. Nothing else. And then it ran away.
3: Because how much blood does a ghost have? Less than a rat. Less than a rat. <laughs> Only a <couple> drops.
0: <laughs> Maybe not less than a rat with a gunshot wound, though.
1: Yeah, I don't I just don't I just don't buy the rat story. I'm not saying it was a ghost, but I don't think a rat is gonna cause a freaking thing of wood to float in the air.
2: Invisible man.
0: There we go. It's tricky. Maybe it was like a someone that was about to come around the corner and just Smack Mark Twain with a piece of wood.
3: Oh, so his like, hand kind of like came through. Yeah, maybe he shot yeah. off
0: a fingertip or something.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Could have been an intruder. I don't know. I think we've exhausted all of the ghost stories. theories. I think we could stop speculating. One of those
3: is correct. One of them was going to happen. has to
0: be. We talked about every possible option. <laughs> all
1: right. So that was his ghost story within the house. And from what I gathered, there was a few more things that happened while he was in there. But just being a gigantic skeptic, he just wrote everything off and wrote about it literally as well. And he only lived there for a year and he moved out and we are going to be covering more Mark Twain in the future because his house in Connecticut is supposed to be extremely haunted by his ghost as well. So this is not the first time that we will be talking. I mean, I guess it is the first time. It's not the last time that we will be talking about Mark Twain's ghost. So this is when the house starts to become a little bit more well-known in terms of the paranormal. And we're building more stories and more deaths throughout the years. And then we get to 1937 and Mark Twain's ghost actually gets seen by this woman who's living there. And from what I, what I was able to gather is she's living there with her daughter, but it's not, there's another family in there as well. And this is right before they turn it into the apartments. And what a story this is where she walks into the living room, I believe it is, and there's a man just sitting in the chair. And at that point, when you just walk in and there's just this man sitting in the chair, and you don't even know it's a ghost, you gotta be terrified, right? Like you're in New York City, oh, this yeah. dude just wandered into your house. He's Best sitting scenario, in the scenario, it's a ghost.
3: Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and Kudos to her because she got scared, but didn't like back down. She just goes, basically, who the hell are you? And he kind of turns to her and goes, my name's Clemens. And I have a, I have a thing to settle here, basically. And then he disappears.
0: And sounds like you don't have much to settle.
1: Well, they they think that. So if it's a haunting where he thinks that he's still alive or whatever, Remember, this is when he was having money trouble. Mm. So they're thinking that he was saying that he actually had a debt to settle. But I say he had a score to settle with a rat in this building.
3: That was his thing to settle. <laughs> he had to figure out the rat.
1: <laughs> he was. Do you? He might have been flabbergasted for the rest of his life. I would have been. Like, you yeah. have to figure out what that was. Well, it would um, haunt
3: you because you, if you're st- such a skeptic, because like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I would eventually be like ghosts. I don't know. And move on with my life. But if you're that big of a skeptic, you'd be like, no, what the fuck happened? Like, <laughs> yeah. I need to know. It will Still haunt me into the yeah, yeah into the afterlife. I'm going to go back to that house. I'm going to find that ghost rat.
0: <laughs> I'm going to find I'm gonna, what I shot.
3: I'm gonna I find got a what score to
0: settle. And then after that, they never had rats again in the apartment. sounds like you settled the score. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> so, and this isn't the only time that he had been
1: seen. Like I said, he is seen walking up and down the staircase in there quite frequently that's the other main haunting of mark twain within the building so we have 22 deaths we have the ghost of mark twain and we also have new york city which if you start reading about buildings that are been built there's one specifically from the 1990s where they went to build this brand new gigantic building And as they started digging up the land, they found an old cemetery of, of just like hundreds of bodies. And it was like this whole thing. And I just feel like New York, we talk about Savannah being a city that's built on the dead. I think New York is probably just as prominent in that, that a lot of these buildings are built in the dead. And when we start getting Mm -hmm. into the Jan Brian uh, Bartel story, there, the medium talks about that house being built on top of a couple different corpses. So I wouldn't rule it out. And I think that's why I'm kind of all over the place here. But I I think that might be why we see the other buildings in the area haunted as well. And it not just congregated to 14 West 10th Street, but we see 16, 17, 18, every house on this area is seeing something paranormal
3: mm-hmm.
0: yeah and we do we, we do see this a lot and when, anytime you see a situation where the ghost haunts multiple locations you have to wonder if the haunting is older than the house itself so i mean 22 deaths in one house is a lot it's certainly you can't rule out the possibility that you're seeing you know the ghosts of these spirits or the people that actually died there but obviously especially if if you had a gravesite desecrated when you when you built the building that you could be seeing yeah, there ghosts.
3: Were, there were so many farms on Ma- in Manhattan stuff at the time. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. it could be like an old family grave. It could be one family from like some farm from, you know, this late 1600s or whatever. And you just never know.
1: And not to, not to mention, this was very prominent native American land before it was settled by, you know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: from people from Europe and, France and they, there was all kinds of different countries coming over. The native Americans were fighting amongst themselves at the time too. We don't know where their burial grounds are. So this history has, I mean, this place has a history that we just don't even know how far back it dates and where people were being buried. I I think we're going to see this as we explore New York city over the years, a little bit more. And you're welcome guys. I just let you know that we will be doing this show for the next 35 years at minimum, (laughs) But we're going to be hitting more New York City, and I think it's just going to be something that we have to talk about almost every time, that this city is actually built on the dead, and there could be so many sources of different hauntings. It's just incredible the amount of people that have been in and out of New York City.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, and the point that Shelby brings up is actually a great point, because if you look at, like, New York or even small towns, like, if there's an actual cemetery, they're not just going to build on top of it in most cases. But if it's a family farm or a family graveyard where they're just going out and burying people, it's not like a lot of these ones, they don't have prominent headstones. They might just be a cross built out of wood or some small stones or whatever. Whatever they want to do it could be a small plaque or whatever. But you can, you can see easily how a company would just buy up that land and build right on top of it without really caring what's underneath or knowing. Yeah. And I
1: don't know if either any of the three of you looked into this as I was kind of looking into this street in particular, (laughs) I was like, all right, well, what is the rent on this street right now?
3: I didn't even think to look that up. (laughs) uh,
1: So
0: what do you think is
1: the typical range for the rent on this street
0: in New York city? Anyone want to guess? Probably compare it to rent in Boston for the, which is, you know, you, if for an apartment, you, you're, I, I don't, I'm not even going to pretend to, to know. <laughs> Throw a number <laughs> th- of several be, thousand.
3: <laughs> yeah, three or four thousand.
0: That's
1: pretty good. So the cheapest one I found was $3,500 a month, and that's for a one bedroom, one bathroom. Oh but typically the rent was between six and $10,000 a month
3: oh, to live
1: on this particular street. So if you want to live in this very haunted road, um in these old brownstone buildings, you're going to be forking out the money. And if they were for sale, it was usually two million dollars and up for these buildings
0: to buy. This I would upsets be me. These, I would be expecting these ghosts to chip in <laughs> ten thousand dollars a month. <laughs> at least the circus rats could chip in. This upsets me more than it ever should, because that's like that's like four mortgages. <laughs> you could all right, you could live in this apartment in New York and not find parking at your own place that you live. Or you can just have four houses for the same price. somewhere no. so that's I don't know. It just drives me crazy.
3: That's like there are places in LA that are like ten to sixteen thousand a month, and it's like if you can afford that, get a house. Get Dang. a house, you know? <laughs> like I don't Some understand. Some people like the city.
0: Some people like the city life. That's crazy. And I guess if you're just... doing that, if, if you're living in a place like that, you're not most likely not going to even have a car, so you don't have to worry about parking because you can just walk to everything because it's New York.
3: Or you have a driver.
2: <laughs>
0: Yeah, you probably do have a driver. Yeah, not can't, probably can't afford it at that point. You probably are the driver. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's all, obviously a lot of that's probably inflation in the last couple of years. But you know, in New York City, what hasn't been affected by inflation in the past 50 years, the price of a slice of pizza and a single subway ticket have been almost exactly the same for the past 50 years. That's Economists nice. actually have a word for it. They call it the pizza principle. Yeah. Oh,
3: wow. That's About interesting. That what
0: you looked it up that much what is the going right for a slice in new york i didn't look it up that much how wow. do you find all that information and not actually wow. get like a mean price of all right
1: new, new york city uh famously the second best place in the country to get pizza
0: that's going to be heavily contested no, I, not... I i agree with you that south shore bar pizza is the top tier pizza in the entire world that i've had i've never been to italy so maybe yeah. but i've heard bad things about it pizza from italy Right. From our America. Five,
1: our five Italy listeners have just turned <laughs> it off the show. We're good.
0: Thank you. Chad is saying that the uh, price of a slice is upwards of three dollars. we are seeing 350, 330, and five bucks. Uh, then I wonder about this uh, economist's pizza principle because I can't imagine a slice of pizza in New York City 50 years ago was three dollars. Yeah,
3: that, that doesn't feels sound steep.
0: Yeah, no, I don't think so. All right. Well, well, the only way
1: to settle this is let's stop the show. Let's get in our car, Shelby. Get to the airport. I will. And we
0: will meet you in New York and we will all go
1: buy a slice of pizza.
0: Well, maybe we can get it from that um, That gyro place that disappeared. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Maybe they do pizza uh, also.
1: Well, it's going food- to be hard. <laughs> all food at 3 a.m. is always the best food, right? Like,
3: oh, for you, sure.
1: If you get anything at 3 a.m., McDonald's at 3 a.m. is like the greatest food you've ever had in your life,
3: mm-hmm.
0: especially if you're having a fraud Mac. Oh man, I kind of need to know. F- I kind of need to know who changed their name to this in chat. Whoever changed their name to, I can't believe I shaved my legs for this. First all, great <laughs> I
3: love
0: that. also uh, says Chicago has the best pizza. And as we move on from this subject and get back to ghosts, deep dish pizza is delicious. It's not pizza. It's, it's a it's casserole. Lasagna. It's lasagna.
3: <laughs> I've only been to Chicago once, and I went for pizza with the bloody disgusting people. We went for pizza. And it wasn't deep dish, it was regular pizza. And I was oh, like, wow. I'm in Chicago. I need. I've, I still have yet to have deep dish pizza ever. So w-
1: were you with anybody from Chicago?
3: Yeah, we had. A okay, well, this was from a failure Chicago. though. I know this is a, this is a failure of the Chicago
1: people. They no. really, you need to let them have it because if you're <laughs> gonna host somebody in your city, you have to bring them to the proper places to have the food that, that you're famous for in that area. Not right? bringing you to deep dish. I think that's actually a felony. If, if I, you if come I... visit
3: me, I will find you an avocado. I will. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. She'll grow you one. I will what grow I've you heard. an avocado.
3: I'll slice <laughs> yeah. it for you. <laughs> All
1: right. Let's get back into the hauntings of this place. And I think we're up to 1937 when Jan Bryant Bartell actually moved into this building. At this point, it has been turned into 10 apartments. I believe it is still 10 apartments from the last thing that I was able to check. And she lived next door at 16 first. And this is where the hauntings began for her. And they weren't overly prominent, but she was seeing the women in the long dress. She was having like little visions of people coming and ghosts coming. And they were scared enough that they felt they needed to move. And then a, a place opened right next door. And you're in New York City. I guess you're just like, well, maybe it's just the building. Let's get into this other building right next door. And it turned out to be a very, very bad idea because the hauntings grew more malicious over time in this building. It started with smells. It started with... Feeling like being watched, you know, which is kind of the creepiest, one of the creepier ones when you feel like you're always being watched. Yeah. Right. Because not only do you, feel, not only is it creepy, but you also feel like you're breaking down and having a psychotic episode because no one else is there. It's, you just think that you're having a mental breakdown, but you always have that feeling. We've talked about this in the past. But then it takes a turn to something that I actually don't think we've ever covered. We've covered the smell of rotting food, rotting flesh, rotting stuff. But for them to actually have this grape show up on a plate, and I think they did say they had other fruit that showed up rotting within the apartment over time. But the first one was the grape on the dinner table. And the family knew they hadn't bought any grapes in the last few months. There was no reason. And it was perfectly centered is the other thing, which I thought was like a very interesting detail. Mm-hmm. Because if if you're gonna like try to scare somebody, I don't know if you're gonna perfectly center it. You're gonna throw it on the plate. You're gonna say, Oh, there's this grape, you know, this rotting grape on your on your plate. And it just seems very so very specific to to this haunting that I was just kind of um taken aback by it being
0: so different. It it's different and it's just like it's hard to find it scary because it's kind of silly, right? It's great. But yeah. it's it's something appearing in a place where it shouldn't be. And this is mm-hmm. a haunt that we see pretty often. We don't see grapes pretty often, but we see these kind of hauntings pretty often, which is um, things either disappearing and then reappearing somewhere else, or they disappear altogether. And this is something that we see all the time, and it's, it's pretty common. I'm just trying to keep talking until Rob's commercials are over. I don't know what the rules <laughs> are on that. So we're just going to... It's well, okay this, for sometimes bit. we get we get hauntings that we don't understand or that but we can kind of like group them into what we think they might be like when we get hauntings where water appears mysteriously like stains yeah. will appear in ceilings in places where it makes no sense like there will be there will be a drought or something and there's no plumbing up above so where did this water stain come from and I've read cases that are so extreme where water will just pour out of these locations without a source and the theory for something like that is it's uh, it could be an elemental haunting of some sort, though. Ed and Lorraine Warren had a bunch of theories on these cases. But what is this? This isn't it elemental. Me, it's
3: it made me think of poltergeist activity, the way that some poltergeists will steal things, and then you'll find, mm. like, a pile of your lost shit, like, mm. sitting on a table one day. Like, I remember reading one case where it would – all this little stuff would go missing, like – bracelets and keys and little like metal thing. It was usually metal things, which is weird that it's a grape. but um, and then like, as they were going to be moving out, cause this activity was just ridiculous. um, They found it all in a pile one day, like just sitting in the middle of the table in a, like all of it, all of it. And that's what it kind of made me think of was like a poltergeist thing where it's like, somehow they put them somewhere, put this stuff somewhere. I don't know. Maybe it did steal a grape the last time they bought grapes, but right. <laughs> it, sit in whatever dimension for a little bit, uh rotting. And then they were like, you forgot this. Just letting you know.
0: That's an interesting I'm- theory that <laughs> it's even more interesting that you would take the food to another dimension and it, the other dimension wouldn't preserve the food. It would still continue to rot.
3: Yeah. Maybe that's but why it- they usually take metal. Maybe this was an ex. Maybe this is new poltergeist. And he's like, shit, this <laughs> is why they all take metal.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that is, yes. that is a common thing in poltergeist hauntings is things getting moved. You yeah. always, you always see the situation where one person is losing something and freaking out. You saw this in the conjuring house in Rhode Island. The father keeps losing things, keeps blaming the wife and kids. It causes turmoil, which <laughs> negative spirits like to do. And then everything it always just appears somewhere else.
1: Yeah. The, the fr- fruit just really stood out. I don't know if we're ever going to see this particular haunting again. I kind of hope we do. In the sense that, like, I like seeing repeated hauntings because it helps you just completely, like, validate it. But I think there's a lot of validation in this story as we go further. So the next thing happens is she sees the shadow ghost. And I don't know what the hell she's thinking, but she sees this shadow ghost. And the women that lived in this house are much braver than me because... The first one just like said something to the ghost of Mark Twain and Jan Brian Bartel, her instinct is to touch the shadow ghost. That's where oh, her mind goes. <laughs> like,
3: like I can't imagine the... my body physically even being able to move much less reach out for a shadow ghost.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think oh, running away would be option number one. But maybe just to see, like, uh, is this a real person? Maybe. But even if it is a real person, you just want to reach out and touch him. <laughs> in fairness, Jesse, when we saw
1: the shadow ghost, you literally walked towards it.
0: Well, I was. Yeah, yeah. we don't have to tell the story again because we said it a million times. But my, my first reaction was talk to this crazy bastard who's climbing over this bridge. Like, like, what's up there? What, what, do, you, what, what do you want? My, my My first instinct was explain yourself to security man who's about to kick us out. And then my mind went to why is security men hiding under bridge at middle of night or in the middle of the night. <laughs> but anyways, we don't have to tell that story again, but yeah, to be fair, like like at first it's a natural reaction. And, you know, in theory, I've seen two of these in my lifetime at least. And this, so first time was, you know, at the apartment, we've told that story as well. Woke oh. up woman standing there. My reaction was, Oh shit. And like, kind of like ducked and And then when I looked back, it was gone. So that was more of like a runaway type thing, but I was I was in bed, so I couldn't really run. Second time was more of like a I thought we were just getting in trouble type reaction. So yeah, it's different. You know, you don't know how you're going to react to these
1: things. Wow. But but the way she tells it, she kind of knew it was otherworldly because she said that she saw this massive shadow, and I guess I guess it is what you guys are saying, where it's a curiosity thing: is this really what I'm seeing? Let me reach out and see if this thing is here. But her detail of Talking about touching it is just something I haven't come across before where she touches it. She feels this icy cold chill, but she also talks about how it's like this feeling of something she's never felt before. And she tries to describe it. And it's just so different from any haunting than we've ever had. And the good thing we're going to talk a little bit more about her hauntings. But if it was only her that experienced the hauntings in this building, we would be thinking that she was a crazy person, Mm -hmm. right? So for other people to have seen stuff before her and after her, I think really helps validate her story in terms of, we see some crossover even with up to the guy, Dennis, who the New York Post interviewed and I think it was 2012. He has some of the same stories that she had that kind of crossover and stuff from before her crosses over as well.
0: And yeah, you look for those consistencies to make sure that it's authentic. I would just say like reaching out and touching what could be a ghost. There's got to be more cons than pros to, to reacting like that. I just, I don't think you do it. Yeah. Do Do you think
3: part of it was that she was like, am I crazy? I'm just going to like confront this. I mean, I feel like if I was at that point where I was confronting a ghost, I would also be at the point where I was trying to confront myself and is like, do we need to go away for a while or is this a ghost? And maybe it was almost like a, what are you? I just need to make sure you're real or I'm crazy. And then we'll proceed from there. And like, maybe that's the only time I could see doing that is if you're at this crossroads with yourself, like what is this? And then from what she touched it was clearly something again otherworldly not not her so, brain
0: it certainly seems like this Brent from paranormal poor Alas, he says uh, didn't she die in, uh, didn't she die soon after though
1: not not i mean relative no she still lived for another i believe 20 years somewhere close to that or 15 12 somewhere a little over 10 years at least it was 1957 she moved in i think she passed in 1972 Okay, so 16 so years. So. Oh, okay. If you were to she take was this- she was haunted for the rest of her life though is the problem after living in this house. So she moved from 16 to 14 and she believes it followed or something followed her for the rest of her life. And if you read into what happened to her at the time of her death, all you'll find is mysterious circumstances. I looked um, for an obituary on her, I looked for different things. And I couldn't find anything. I couldn't find a newspaper obituary. I couldn't find a death certificate. I'm sure there is one, but it's just not publicly available without going down to the records department or something like that. But you would think that this story is prominent enough that we'd have those things easily searchable online. And they're just not. And that was kind of sketchy. They do think it might have been she took her own life. But I have no actual
3: that really bothered me too i tried to find stuff and i yeah i couldn't find anything either because it was like how was it for up for debate what did she die of like i and i couldn't find anything it just said mysterious everywhere like what is what is mysterious entail
1: yeah it's frustrating sometimes when you're looking up stuff that says
0: just mysterious circumstances You're like so what was the mystery like
1: Mm yeah because something happened
0: if it was unknown then they would just say unknown they don't know Mm -hmm. why she died but mysterious, yeah. it's like, okay, so somebody knows what happened. Yeah. Somebody knows that it was mysterious. So explain yourselves. That's that kind of drives me crazy.
3: Yeah. Where like was she, was she covered in blood with no weapons around? Was she like strangled? did she was she poisoned or did she die? And there like she had been poisoned, but there was no poison in her system. Like it was just like there's just my brain went to so many places and I was so frustrated when I was looking that hmm. up.
0: was there yeah, floating man. wood around her and a grape center <laughs> on her forehead? We need to know.
3: Ghosts of rat skittering around
0: (laughs) what year was it that she died i believe 1972 offhand Mm -hmm. Um, yeah if it was like 100 years earlier i could probably rationalize the you know mysterious cause of death and then it's in the wording of that is it a mysterious cause of death or is it uh she died surrounded with or under mysterious circumstances Mm -hmm. mysterious circumstances right Mm because that would be that would be different like a mysterious cause versus a mysterious Mm -hmm. circumstance it was 1973 that she died, by the way.
1: So, and, and right. the, she
0: She's was right in the, the middle. Of... Now we're gonna have. Now we're gonna have four more one-star reviews. Rob, thanks a lot.
1: <laughs> I'm so sorry I got that wrong by a year. Um, but she was in the middle of writing this book. She was towards the end of writing it when she passed away, and her friends actually got together, put the book together, and had it published. It's out of print right now, so I wasn't able to read it. It's not an easy. Oh, book I to tried to find a, a
3: copy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's like you got to see this.
1: Yeah, so I do this is a book that I do want to find at some point and actually read this book because it's it's interesting the excerpts that I have read from it. Her detail, her level of detail is very it's so much better than a lot of the ghost stories that we've read of of like how in depth she gets just the feeling of the ghost in that one particular instance is very is just worded very well, and just like you get to actually understand what she's seeing. Mm-hmm. So, after this, they have the medium come in, and this is where we hear her find out about a lot of different things. I didn't put all of it in the episode. One of them was they had a woman in the 18, late 1850s, early 1860s that lived there who was pregnant at the time her husband died in the civil war and she was so angry she was blaming abraham lincoln and because of that she had an abortion which rationally doesn't make a lot of sense that that's why you're having the abortion because of abraham lincoln i get it's because of the war but so there's that whole thing and then they think that she buried the um, aborted fetus underneath the house somehow So that's where we get the house. We don't know where the little girl comes from. We don't know where the ghost cat comes from, but those are
0: awesome. Did the medium come up with that whole story?
1: Yeah. The medium brought up that story.
3: Okay. So is there like record? There's not records of like these people.
1: That that particular story, I couldn't find anything on. So I don't know if we were just getting a story here or there. Now, other than the medium, we have heard a reporting of a ghost. We have heard that there is crying that is heard within the building. So could it be connected to what she saw? Perhaps. But we're also talking about a house that's almost 200 years old with deaths in it. the Like 22 deaths, they believe, throughout the time. So I think it could be a bunch of other people. And like we said before, whoever lived on this land before Was buried on this land before could be Mm -hmm. as well.
0: Most likely. And I mean, anytime you have a house this old, there's generations of people that passed through there. People are going to die there. So it's not unlikely. That's just such a specific story for that psychic to come up with.
3: Uh, (laughs) It's very specific. That's so. Damn yeah. you, Lincoln.
0: <laughs> she's either the best or the worst medium of all time. I don't know which one it is, but that is uh, that is awfully specific. So,
1: Well, the, the other thing I want to touch on with the medium is her communicating with the dark spirit. Because mm. the back and forth on this, whether it was real or not, if you are Jan Bryant Bartell, has to be the scariest thing you've ever heard. Where she's trying to do the cleanse and the ghost essentially says i'm not leaving they can leave this is my house right they can get out and i don't know what i would like
3: uh, yeah I'd go, right
1: i'd
0: go rents too high anyways like what, what's keeping you there
1: <laughs> it, it's just so scary I, I don't know dude like that that would just freak me out because you're looking to to validate your your fears and if this is the method that you chose to validate it, and this is what you're hearing at the end. I don't know how you continue to live there. And they didn't.
0: No, that's 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 so jarring, right? Where it's like a lot of these processes to cleanse a house, like you're trying to help the spirit cross over, right? Like, oh, we're going to help you move on and cross over, and you can leave this house now. It goes like, "Fuck you, bro. You go. Like, you go. Yeah, this is yeah. my house. I'm scaring you because I don't want you here. I don't want to go. You go." That's a bold stance from that ghost but that to to receive that message would be absolutely
3: horrifying oh yeah Yeah. it'd be like the end of poltergeist when she's like this house is clean and then all this (laughs) shit happens again like like, clean my ass i'm still here and you can go i'm gonna swallow your house bye you know (laughs)
1: And they yeah, keep calling cool. this same psychic back movie after movie. movie what are you
3: doing? Clearly <laughs> not very good.
1: Yeah, she's not doing what she's supposed to be doing.
0: <laughs> it's very similar to when the wife is leaving for the day and she's like, clean up while I'm gone. I'm like, okay. And then she gets home. I'm like, this house is clean. And she's like,
3: no the I <laughs> Can't just it, say that again. and it's true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're never going to believe this. I cleaned this entire house <laughs> and that damn poltergeist again.
3: Poltergeist.
0: <laughs> it was the poltergeist. He must have done it while I was they playing only video games
3: stones. I can't <laughs> it's not my fault.
0: Um, and then we kind of got into
1: the end of what happened to her. and then more reported hauntings until we get to two thousand and twelve when the reporter's talking to Dennis at sixteen uh west West Tenth Street. and he has a lot of the same hauntings happening to him that other people have experienced. And he even talks about seeing like weird lights in the building at night at fourteen he's but he's trying to justify that too he's like well maybe it's a tv but it's just really weird the way these things happen occasionally it's not every night he's got people what what really took me aback was he's like a photographer and he's setting up these these shoots at his house and people are coming and they're leaving like he's going into a back room to to get his camera equipment and they're getting scared they're like i just saw this woman walk through the wall And they're just getting their stuff and they're leaving, which is another validation, right? Like it's just, it's so creepy.
0: There's so much of it here. It's, uh, there's a reason it's earned a reputation as one of the most haunted places in New York City. And they've said that there's upwards of 22 spirits here. For it to be precisely 22 spirits when 22 people have died here, that almost seems lazy. But if it's an actual person detecting these things, then... Then that could be the number. We can't rule it out, but it does seem like. Well, that's exactly. I how always. Here. So, you mean they're all I, ghosts? Yeah, I always hate the number thing.
1: I yeah. always yeah, hate when someone I don't like comes the num- in. It
3: reminds me of Disneyland, like it
2: just. Yeah, yeah you know, the haunted mansion. You know,
1: specifically yeah, the like, haunted
3: mansion. What is it like? I forgot the number. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's there's. Specific- there's ninety nine spirits here. Yes, there's now you're the
3: last one, one or whatever. Dollar. Yeah, that's what
1: <laughs> it is. It be you? Yeah, like whatever that that old. Um, it just it does. Like, yeah.
3: Going for a photo shoot and then the guy's like, all right, I'm going to go grab like an extra light or whatever. And you experience like this thing that changes the trajectory of your life and everything you've believed in forever. And then you're like, I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta yeah. go.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah to, like, I think
0: it was, sorry, to, to go back to like the number thing, like like with, I think it was the Queen Mary where they had a, they said like, there's 150 ghosts on this boat. Yeah. No more, no less. It's like, you know, how did you get to 150 with all that? What so. a round number.
3: We take roll call. <laughs> we have medium, we cut it off. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. the max
0: capacity. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. We, we have the have fire department
0: more. showing up and shutting us down. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be the USS Salem. There are no more Halloween right. attractions yeah. over there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so that's, that's kind of the house of death. That's the majority of the hauntings there still happening to this day. There's 10 apartments there, if you make a million dollars a week, you can afford to live there and see experience these hauntings for yourself. They have had some paranormal teams go in there and be able to investigate here and there, but again, this is a private residence. You can't just walk in there with your spirit box. I mean, I know Jesse likes to just kick doors open and grab people by the neck and ask about the hauntings at places. Hey,
0: Hey, hey, I respectfully open the door grab them by the neck and demand to know what the hauntings are. I don't go <laughs> kicking doors.
1: So don't go monster. there thinking you're going to get to investigate the place um, unless you actually move in there. So that is New York City. Shelby, Yes, I'm going to put you on the spot. Mm. As name name every ghost.
3: Name every ghost. <laughs> yes. Name all 22 <laughs> ghosts.
0: Some expert you
1: are. All right, fine. <laughs> um we'll cut this if you want but feel free have you had an experience with a haunting oh yeah like to share with everybody
3: for sure i've shared this before so i apologize if there's anyone in the chat that's heard me say this one but um i experienced a time slip actually and um it was at a civil war battlefield in vicksburg mississippi Mm. um My husband and I went, we weren't, we were just dating at the time and he brought me to, he's from Mississippi and he brought me to come meet the fam. And, um, I was like, I'm, I'm really into history in California. The state's just not very old. So we don't have a lot of like old buildings and things. And I was like, take me somewhere old. And he was like, let's go to this civil war battlefield. And, um, we went and we were driving around because it's, they're huge and you, you kind of drive around them to different little like landmarks and stuff. And we were driving through this wooded area and we both noticed that the sounds of the forest and like, there was like a river or something nearby were gone. At least I noticed, I didn't realize he was noticing, but I like just couldn't hear anything. And this deer kind of came out in front of us. And I was, again, I'm from the desert in California. We don't have deer. And I know deer are just like a dime a dozen to everyone else in the country. But I was like, deer, Oh my God, it's a deer. And, um, we stopped. And so we stopped the car and I could hear men talking like in my ears as if they were standing around me. And again, we had just started dating. We'd only been dating for a few months. And so I was like, I, we hadn't had the ghost talk yet. So I was like, I can't say anything. He's going to think I'm crazy. And then he, without saying anything to me, reaches over because the radio was still on, which I was like, it's the radio. It's whatever. He reaches over and turns off the radio and it starts getting louder. Like the sound of men, it felt like they could see us and we couldn't see them, but we could hear them and not see. And so then he turns off the car because it's like, I think both of us like silently communicated with each other. Like you're hearing this too, right? It has to be the car has to be the radio turns off the car and it's like louder. Like it felt and sounded like we were standing in a battalion of, of men And all of a sudden it was gone and it's this car had pulled up behind us and it was like, it just like ruined the spell or whatever. And so the, the, and I, I don't know if it was for sure a time slip. That's the only way I can describe it though, is a time Mm -hmm. slip because it felt like they could see us. I just, we just both got this sense of they could also see us and we're just as surprised that they could see us as we were to hear them like who what is that and I, which is always it's been frustrating because i'm like what did they see like did they see the car did they just see us what did we look like to them you know and, and
0: i like what kind of horse is this <laughs> <you
3: know? laughs> and uh so yeah that was one of my my major one that um will stick with me forever it was just One of those. I was also in like a a phase in my life where I was kind of like really skeptical. Like I don't know, maybe none of this is real. I grew up a big believer. My family's really big into paranormal and everything. They're very sensitive, but I was just going through a really weird, cynical point point in my life where I'm like, this is not nothing's real, and like I think all of it's blah, blah blah. And it was just so weird in that moment also to have this experience and with my new boyfriend who was like. Oh, yeah, I also believe in ghosts. And this was fucking weird. Like, what was this?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you kind of almost I, I don't think you have to, but I think it is always helpful
0: mm. to
1: have an experience when you're teetering the line of is this real? Is this not real? We just had someone in one of our discords who is a big skeptic have something happen to to them. Oh, wow. And they were, and they were like, I was back and forth. And then this just happened to me in the last week or two. And now I fully believe because of this happening to me. It doesn't mean you have to believe every ghost story you hear. It doesn't mean that particularly. But I think it helps lay validation, specifically to something like Jan Bryant Bertel, right? Where you hear this story of her. And if you just heard this isolated, you would just say that she was insane. But when you have an experience and then you start hearing, other people in the same building as her have the same experiences. I think it helps validate her mm-hmm. when you have your own experience as well. It doesn't have to be completely similar, but it does help. And I'm super jealous because I really, really want to have a haunted experience at a, at a haunted battlefield. So I'm a little jealous.
0: That is cool. And it, it even makes it that much more real when you weren't the only one that experienced it. Because if just you experienced it and your boyfriend, now husband... Did not experience it, then you'd be like, okay, I'm just going a little crazy right now, yeah. you know, but it, when mm-hmm. you both experience it, that is uh, super interesting. Uh, Rosemary asked in chat, she says, how did the Queen Mary get so haunted? Uh, there was a few things. I mean, for one, people dying on the ship for two, there was a big collision during World War Two when they were escorting troops with their, their boat that was supposed to be escorting them and a whole bunch of people died but you can go back and listen to the episode that's, that we did on the queen mary that's
1: the real answer go listen to the episode on the queen
0: mary and you'll hear all about the queen mary boom all right so rob put you on the spot i'm also gonna put you on the spot okay wow what is your least favorite thing about dave yeah <laughs> It's okay. I've made a but list. I have
3: to share my spotlight with the other special <laughs> guest of the fine. show. That's right. My least favorite thing. Oh all right. yes,
0: that's a valid answer. <laughs> I was expecting a valid answer, so I had a whole bunch of backups, but that's fine. That'll work. That'll work. Take this opportunity to plug your show. Yes, please oh, yeah. plug your show.
3: Uh, my show is Scary to Sleep. It is. Uh, It's mostly horror fiction, but I also do a little, a little bit of everything. I do some true story episodes where my listeners send in true stories and everything. And those are fun. I do dark reddits. I do thing called guided nightmares, which are like guided meditations, but I guide you to your own death in various ways. Oh, Yeah. They're relaxing. I've heard they actually give some people nightmares, which is, you know, what, what more can you want out of a guided (laughs) nightmare? Um, yeah. And you can find it anywhere you get your podcasts. It's available at scary to sleep on all the socials and you can send in your stories if you want to scary to sleep at gmail.com and I'll read it's, them
2: in my voice.
1: It's, it's a great show. I listen to it. I have it. I'm subscribed to it. I get all the updates for that as well. And if you needed to be sold on it, the work she did on this episode at the top is Phenomenal! Unfortunately, we're never going to be able to top it, so we have to end the show (laughs) after this episode. We almost made it
0: to hundred episode, boys. So, Rob, you 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 promised you promised thirty more years. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Thirty
1: five, actually. I I heard thirty
3: five.
0: I just wrote a backup episode for next week for nothing. You could have told
1: me earlier. (laughs) Well, just um, just remember that you're propping my dead corpse up in my chair and continuing the show after I die.
3: burning Bernie's in you. Yeah. Yes.
1: All right. Do we want to hit some reviews?
0: Sure, Shelby, you're welcome to stick around or I'll stick around. Not sit through this, but that's up to you. All uh, right, Jeff, so
1: I do. The first five-star review is from Discord from Ray T titled Started at Episode One and Just Finished curse Possessions, The Curse of the Iceman. All on the podcast, by the way. It took me two months, but hey, I got there. Now looking forward to the live shows and going back and catching the videos from some of my favorite shows. Rob, Dave, and Jesse, a five-star show all the way through. Appreciate it, guys. So that is our first five-star review for the day. The next nice. one is from Apple podcast from Jamie M. I want to be best friends with this podcast. It is one of my favorite podcasts for the host to be covering such dark subjects. I'm surprised to always feel in better spirits, listening to them and their banter, their jabs at each other and their contagious laughter. They bring light to darkness, great storytelling, great production. Can't say enough. Just listen to them. Thank you, Jamie. Jamie, one, you are our best friend. Well, you are our best friend. Um, you're definitely more of my friend
0: than Dave is. I, <laughs> I didn't can't stand. that. <laughs> can't stand that. Easily, easily replaceable. Yes.
1: Um, this one is from Sabrina is Bewitched, titled Ghost of Gunslingers episode. Hometown Ghost Stories is the best podcast around. I get an education when listening to you guys. Ghost of Gunslingers is my favorite because I went to Deadwood, South Dakota, because of the Deadwood series. This town and its history blew me away. I actually stayed a night at the Bullock Hotel where their TV turned off by itself. I went to the gravesite of Wild Bill and Calamity Jane, went to saloon number 10 and saw the chair Wild Bill died in, went on a ghost tour of the hotel and saw charred parts of the ceiling in the hotel basement from one of the town fires, hiked the Black Hills, climbed the tower President Roosevelt built in honor of his friend Seth Bullock. Incredible town. I love you guys.
0: Thank you, Sabrina. We love you as well. That in is the final. Awesome, by the way, real quick, like, like can we just yeah. the fact that Sabrina did like absolutely everything that would be on the list of shit that you should do while in Deadwood? That is that is absolutely amazing. Amazing, and the it last just, one is it just slid up
1: the list five spots. And the last one is from Long Legs Whiskey Dave, <laughs> which is <laughs> which is an ox- oxymoron. We know Dave doesn't have long legs. Come on, this one is titled Best Podcast. I love this podcast. Spooky, informative and funny. Well put together and all the cutting up between each of the guys is hilarious 10 out of 10 recommend. Also, am I the only one who thinks Dave sounds like Vince Vaughn? I don't yes. get Vince
0: Vaughn <laughs> out of Dave. You
1: Uh-oh. know, what's funny is
0: uh, I don't I don't hear it. I don't. But I get that all the time. People I don't hear it either. I don't
1: see I can it,
3: kind but... of hear it a little bit. As an yeah. outsider. I can hear it a little bit.
0: Okay. Hmm. That's fair. Jesse, yes. do you think that Dave sounds like Vince Vaughn? If, I mean, people always say that me and Dave sound alike, so that would be uh that would mean I also sound like Vince Vaughn. I've never gotten that before. You so. guys don't sound alike. That is, that is untrue. Not a, not a fact. Fun fact: Sometimes when Dave messes up things on the audio versions of the podcast, I just go in and fix it myself, and I don't <laughs> think you've ever noticed. So I beg to differ. <laughs> I beg to differ. Yeah.
2: Anyways, uh, let's show. thank
0: our patrons real quick and we'll do stickers next week because i can't do that and yeah. type in names for the wheel of names so uh real quick for our vips we have allison v anna c dakota g donnie we have glitter T's cammy from washington who's brand new welcome to the vips we also have garrett Jeannie r jennifer p jimmy h justin t we have justin t again did i click on the right tab here Hang on one second. Let's do oh this all over again. I know that everyone's favorite wow. part this, so we're going to start over. Allison V, Anna C, Dakota G, Donnie N, Glitter T, Jeannie R, Jennifer P, Lisa J. We have Mal. We have Mike Ubliet, Blake, Mom Oobliette. and Pop, W, Nick. We have Nick. Robert Beach, Demon King, also big donor today. Thank you, Demon King, again. Thank we have uh, Inspires King. Gaming as well. Those are our VIPs for the Warrens Wards. We have Kath Q, Chris C, LB. PS founder, next HTGS guest. We have Cody G. We have Cyclone Dave. I'm sorry, Cyclone Dick Dave Denial. We have DC. We have Elizabeth Young, Eugene M. We have Lily Janice G. Marfire, Papa Squatch, Rachel B. Sarah Cook, Siobhan, not Sharon. We have Steph A. of the Church of the Stephanies, Sydney B., the other Rachel B. We have Adam S. Al Capone, Al Capone's allegedly poorly taxidermied wife. We have Alicia E., Anthony, how long can I make this anyways? T. Arcade Hunters, who I believe is new. Welcome in, Arcade. We have Ashley M. We have I said like a pirate. Aye. Brandon W. Uh, Brennan Otzi knows his vowels. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Brennan. We have Captain McSlugs. Colby0204 believes Adolf Peterson was a patsy. We have Crystal Quinn. We have Dave's Ghostworms. <laughs> <laughs> we have now we have dave's ghost rats right we got to change it to (laughs) dave's ghost rats ghost rats should be the one yeah we have Ghost ghost grapes We have. Did I really shave my legs for this? Who I believe must be the same person that's in chat right now. That can't, can't, can't be a coincidence. <laughs> I can't believe I shaved my legs for this. We have Huska Castle, Huggy Bear. We have Joe R, Julie S. I believe Julie's new as well. Welcome in, Kelly Costa, Kirily J. We have Marie Roach, another new one. Mark. We have Michaela T, Mina H, Mariah M, Nuthouse Queen. Paul from St. Louis. We have Pork. We Pork. Have, I thought I escaped. Pork. Pork. I thought I escaped this one, but I did not. We have return of Al Capone's allegedly poorly taxidermied <laughs> corn dinosaur. I thought they were gone. They are not. So I also thought they were gone.
1: And I was doing the credits for this earlier. And I was like, oh, I only have to do one of these long
0: ones. And then I found it. And I'm like, God damn it. These yeah, people. It, it moved because it's alphabetical order. Yeah. And now it's even longer. So we have Sam from Nepal, Sharon V, Soph Hooper, the Big Spag Nasty, Tiffany H. I think you're new as well, and Wayne Christie. Thank you so much to everyone who is new on Patreon and our VIPs and everyone. And that's always a lot of fun. Three dollars a month will get you on Patreon, ad-free episodes, bonus episodes. We have a whole bunch of bonus stuff coming out in October. You get access to our live ghost investigations as well, even after they are archived. All sorts of fun stuff. Once again, big shout out to Matthew T, Demon King, and everybody else who subbed or gifted. And uh, I can't believe I shaved my legs with the $2 donation that I believe we put on screen but didn't mention it. And mostly, thank you to Shelby Scott for joining us. Go check out her show, Scare You to Sleep, available on all platforms. Yes. Thank you
3: so much. Thank you for having me. I'll come back anytime. This was a blast. I don't get to talk about ghosts very often. So we'll definitely have
0: you back on. You should definitely join us. Do you have anything coming up for anything special for a spooky season?
3: I do. I have, um, I have some extra guided nightmares and I have, I was just telling the guys before we went live, I have a special kids episode I do every year where I have actual children write scary stories for the show. And I do this whole special and that's my friend Rosemary. Thank you, Rosemary. Um, So I do this uh, where kids actually write the episodes and kids are terrifying. Kids write the goriest horror stories you've ever heard. (laughs) They're all over the place. They sound every single one sounds like a fever dream. And I highly recommend And that one's coming out Friday, my kids episode. And yeah, I have all kinds of stuff happening in October. Just check it. Check it out. Little mix of everything.
0: Nice. Uh, So if you check the show notes, there are links to. All shelby stuff it's a link tree so you can pull that up and that'll pull up all of our stuff and uh yeah go check it out for everybody else we'll be back on friday with a celebrity haunting and other the ghost that, of john wayne boom yeah don't get any will not get any negative reviews from that one that's not sure.
1: <laughs> we never get negative reviews from celebrity hauntings the boomers don't come after us at all right
3: especially Doesn't for happen. the a john wayne episode Ooh, oh, you yeah, should have seen the, yourselves the
1: elvis one the
0: marilyn monroe the john lennon
1: people get really upset shelby they get
0: so mad I, people I hate us and now you've been on our show and they will hate you too so thank you <laughs> for, for i get together. my
3: own share of hate emails so i, I feel it i get
0: it right. <laughs> wow. welcome to show business welcome to podcasting I, all right thank you guys so much everybody live chat thank you guys for tuning in we'll see you guys on friday